0: And a very good afternoon, and welcome to the podcast that uh, apparently is getting stronger and stronger and stronger by the day. We are Klein Investigations in Consulting, and welcome to the Klein Files. All right, uh, well, we have a, a, a very big menu today. Uh, on the client files uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of things today cases uh, before before we start and get even get into that let me introduce you to the vice president of client investigations and consulting caroline gear
1: hi it's been one year since we started this podcast
0: one year how many podcasts are we done Ooh. my goodness it's got to be up in the what 15 16 about once a month Let's right see. sometimes twice
1: 19
0: 19 podcasts wow that's great anyway uh caroline and the staff here are the producers and they uh, work very hard to try to put this together for as an enjoyment for you to uh actually see the background of what we do uh here at client investigations and consulting in uh, tpb uh texas and uh it's um you know, I tell you, it has been a wild month. So let me get you caught up from behind the scenes, because we've kind of been off the air a little bit, and a lot of that is my fault. Um, I have uh, been traveling. I traveled uh, during the holidays a little bit, and then I got back, uh, and I went down <laughs> sick. And folks, let me tell you something. I was sick. I did not have CV, um, but I did have uh, uh, what? What did the doctor say? It was a, some kind of variant. Or something that mimics like
1: the adult variant of what um children get, RSV.
0: Yeah, yeah RSV. That's what it was. And so I'm telling you folks, I was laid up in the bed and uh, I, for two days I didn't get out of the bed. In fact, for one day I didn't even get out of the bed. And I'm not kidding. I did not take one step to go to the bathroom, get a drink, do anything. And thank God Caroline came by and Charlie came by and Some of my staff came by to check on me, make sure I was good and I'm good. And then again, I went back out on the road a little bit and then came by. It's just been, oh God, if I wake up in one more hotel room, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, but anyway, um, so I guess we're going to talk about this first, right, Caroline. We're going to talk about where I was. And one of the things that I was doing and where I was, was out in the great state of Idaho. Um, uh, had some meetings out there on some cases we have going on out there, <clears throat> but one of the things, uh, I took, uh, about 15 or 20 minutes of my time is to check in with the investigators on the, uh, Dior Coons case, just a social hello. How are you? What's going on? That sort of thing. And I, I can tell all of you that, uh, that, uh, both, uh, Penner's team up in the, up in the mountains and, and, uh, down at Bonneville County. Uh, with, with our good buddy down there, he, they're, they're all working the cases folks and they're working hard on the cases. And, uh, you know, I want, I want all of you to know that, you know, don't give up on, on this case that they're, they they're, they're going to solve it. And the correct people will get their, their due time and justice. However. When I was out in Bonneville County, uh, of course, I go to my favorite restaurant out there where I eat pancakes. What's the name of that joint? You eat pancakes oh, and it's, it's Pancake House. Something, something like it. No, yeah, something like that. Anyway, I, I just love that joint. And I, I'm sorry, I'm um not able to say the name of the place I should but anyway um, I I was eating by myself in a corner because that's what I asked the waitress always to do is you know can you find me a little area that I'm away from everybody and I don't have to see anybody and nobody recognizes me or my voice and you know so uh, while I was in Idaho Falls um, I was eating pancakes and and uh, eating some uh, sausage and uh, stuff that puts you in the grave sausage <laughs> was it Smitty's? Smitties, that's it. And, uh, and, and some, you know, bacon and just talking to folks as they came by. They'd say, Oh, hello, hello. And I'd say, Hello, nice to see you. You know, And, and, and I don't mean to be derogatory in that because I really love people. And, and if somebody is nice enough to stop and say hello and shake my hand and say thank you, you know, I love it because it just lets me know that you guys out there are, um, what engaged number one, but that that you care. And, and that means something not only to myself, but uh, to poor little baby Dior that's uh, somewhere out there near. And, um, one lady walked up to the table as I was leaving. She was a waitress as a matter of fact. And she goes, my, my, fellow employee tells me your name is Philip Klein. I said, yeah. She goes, you got the the, the guy on TV and radio and you know, whatever. And I said, yes, that's me. And she said, you were in charge of the baby Dior case. I said, yes, I was, uh, for the civil side, not the criminal side, but for the civil side. And she said, Oh, and she said, may I sit? And I said, absolutely. And she sat down and she said, what would it take to get you back involved with this case? And that's a question that I'm asked, Caroline, I mean, we get calls to the office here still quite a bit. bit. I mean, we, I mean, we had two last week that wanted to know what it would take. And one was from a very large benefactor up in Idaho uh, falls. And he said, well, we'd like to know what it would take to get you back involved in the case. Because when you're involved in the case, you tend to stir things up and get things going. And it keeps people's interest in the case. And I think it keeps the fear of God and those, the two suspects. And I said, you know, we have played with that question. We get it on the internet all the time. Um, Caroline, you field phone calls, correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, contrary to popular belief, we do still get tips. And
0: we do. And we turn them over to, to uh, Pinner Pinner and, um, and, um, uh, and, and his crew. Uh, And we immediately turn them over. And if it's down in Idaho Falls, we turn it over to Idaho Falls. I mean. um,
1: And we still look into them for ourselves. Right. We don't just send it on and then call it a day. I mean, regardless, Dior's case is very close to a lot of our hearts here. And we're always going to do what we can if it comes in.
0: Always. Because you know what? I I don't care what anybody says about us. We're not. Well, I may be mean. But the the crew here is a very open-hearted, loving group of people that want nothing to do but to help the situation uh that's what we're here for that's why we've seen over 1800 captures that i mean that's just what we do and some of our best work will never be told because that's just the law sometimes we can't talk about what we do so what i want to try to do is I want to try to maybe, and don't cringe over there, maybe open the door. Would we like to get back involved with the Dior Coons case? Yes, we really, really would. There's not an investigator in this office or any investigator that's gone on to work for federal law enforcement or local law enforcement or wherever they've gone uh, in their stepping stone in their careers. Uh to and I'm trying to think of the correct words to to get involved.
1: Well, I think a lot of our issues here in this office is that our case was almost left undone. I mean, it was so abrupt right places that we want to search there are tips that we've received or even um how do I put this videos that we received of individuals in locations that, Um, seem a little odd, odd at best, those places definitely need to be searched and need to be, um, followed up on. Yes. We've sent all of what we have over to law enforcement, but for me personally, I don't believe that I, I guess, let me rephrase. I have sleepless nights because I know that our team hasn't done everything that we can do.
0: That's right. We left some, we left some work on the table. Now, let me explain to you what happened so that you guys don't think we're case jumpers because we're not. The problem was when we were first hired, there were, what, bake sales and money from the public that was collected by... Trina. Trina. What's her last name now? Clegg. Well, it was Clegg, but it's something else now. But Trina Clegg. And she really worked hard to collect money. And all we asked for was 20, was it 20,000? It was $20,000 for movement of investigators, a place to lay their head. Um, we pay them 50 well, at that time. It was $50 an hour per diem, So they could have food and snacks and drinks and whatever they had pocket money. And, um, and then of course, uh, any of the other money was saved for forensics situations mapping any costs that would come out of our pocket and in return what we would do is we would donate the investigators time now some of these guys around here are they make a lot of money uh and because they're good not because i pay a lot of money i always pay on how do we say in the meetings i always pay my employees on results not non-results i I want results and that And I put the pressure on them, get out there. If that's two o'clock in the morning and you have to go out on surveillance, get your butt in your unit and get out there and get on surveillance. If you've got to wake up at two o'clock in the morning in a hotel room and get out there and start searching at sunrise, that's what I want you to do. I don't, you know, we don't sleep in till 10 and we don't go to bed at at, at six. That's just not, that's not this business folks. You can't be successful if you're in bed every night at eight o'clock and you're up every morning at eight o'clock you you just can't be successful this is a 24 7 job you get called up you have your phone your phone goes off you go do excuse me what we ask you to do um and so you know our employees are the people that make it through the training program are are very good and successful at what they do and that's why they get scooped up by federal law enforcement or state law enforcement or local law enforcement because they've shown the dedication and in the good investigatorial uh investigatorial skills that you need to be a good investigator or a good police officer or a good whatever okay so moving on so what we did was we asked for twenty five thousand dollars to cover their expenses that includes trace uh, Sergeant and chance. God love chance. By the way, chance is, uh, I hate to go down a rabbit trail, but, uh, chance is retiring. What next month? I think he's already retired. Well, he's kind of semi-retired. She brought him out for one case I heard, but, uh, but anyway, our beautiful chance is being, um, replaced <laughs> by Taz. We call him Tasmanian devil. He's a, he's a hilarious dog, but anyway, uh, he's, Taz has a nose and I hate to even say this to chance, but He's kind of a better nose than chance. I mean, it's unbelievable what this dog does. So that's how that's how we spent the twenty five thousand. Then what we did was we spent the money I personally out of my accounts that we have a small little trust inside the Philip Klein world that uh, I've been kind of successful in my life with books and TV and you know all the other crud, and um, I, I, I used that money for folks that don't have the money. Trina Clegg said, well, you know, I can raise the 25, no problem. She did. Uh, We got involved in the case. I paid my employees. And I think Caroline, if I'm wrong, quote me, I'm wrong. I think over 130,000 in employee time over four years.
1: Yes, I think that well, over I mean, all in the court documents, but I'm yeah, pretty sure it was between 130 and 170, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah,
0: 130 and 170 thousand dollars of my own money to Trina Clegg and her family. Okay, that's 200 thousand dollars on the table. Then out of nowhere, here comes Trina's daughter and the son in, uh, her son-in-law. Uh, uh, Vernal coons, and they hire this guy named Alan Browning and he files suit. I, and it, it was probably one of the worst written suits I think I've read in a long time. Very unprofessional. Um, it didn't even follow the law. Uh, and like the judge said, the truth is the ultimate defense. And he says, if we've got the FBI, we've got Bonneville County, and we've got uh, Limhi County saying they're suspects, and Klein pops in and says they're suspects. There's no tort. I mean, the the truth is the ultimate defense. Everybody, based upon the evidence, and we presented the evidence to the judge. Hell, we presented the evidence to Vernal Coons. That's why you don't hear anything from Vernal Coons. That's why you don't hear a word from Vernal Coons. His mouth is shut, which is probably what Browning, if I know Browning, and I kind of like Browning, he's kind of spunky. Um, if, if Browning was really a good lawyer to him, he'd tell him to sit down and shut up and quit doing interviews, but no, what Browning did was he put him in front of God and everybody, not thinking that the FBI or any law enforcement or for that matter, us would get the outtake copies. And we caught him coaching, caught him red-handed coaching his Was it it his wife at the time? Were they married? I
1: don't think they ever were actually married. Okay.
0: Anyway, uh, (laughs) caught caught him coaching and saying, talking present tense, not past tense, present tense. We need to make sure. And, you know, whatever he said. So anyway. We had to spend, and our insurance company had to spend to defend ourselves just over $100. The judge saw that and said, You know what? This is the worst written thing I've ever seen. Here's what we're going to do I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to let you guys petition to get your money. You're going to have to file a petition. I will grant the petition up to $125,000. That would have paid all of the attorneys, the insurance company back. And probably a little bit of, you know, I had to hire my own personal counsel, uh, which cost me, what, uh, $25,000? I don't know. Too much money. It was a lot of money to defend myself over a ridiculous, and I mean ridiculous, allegation. And so what we did was we just simply said, well, let's do what we do in any normal tort case. What we're going to do is we're going to take a look at that person and we're going to look at them and say, do you have the money or don't you have the money? Well, Vernal does one thing <clears throat> when he gets money, he spends it, whether it's on a motorcycle, whether it's on a Mustang, whether it's Track. on a truck, whether not, he gets, he gets five thousand and 5,000 gone. I mean, he's just, he just spends it. And so we looked at his assets. Well, he didn't own a home. He owned a motorcycle. What am I going to do with a motorcycle? Right. He owns some cars, some trucks. I could lean him up as far as he goes. And every time he sells something, uh, he has to pay me. Could do all that. And I started thinking to myself, you know, that means I'm going to have to monitor this guy. That means I'm going to have to spend bad money after bad money. Screw it! I'm not going to do it. Sorry, ladies. Screw it! I, I, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to do that. I don't have time. I don't have time right now to, to go to bed at night. I sleep on my couch in my office some nights. So, what I did was I just said, "You know what?" Talk to my attorneys out in Boise, and I just said, "You know, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to waste my time." And that's that's part of the litigation system, folks. That's why we have a litigation crisis. Believe it or not, we have a litigation crisis in this country. Everybody sues each other for at the drop of a bat. Does it keep guys like me employed? Yeah, it does. But it would create more upset in this office. And our focus in this office is missing people. And of course, our clients that we bodyguard and we uh, take care of intelligence and of course, our government contracts. That's our focus. Why am I going to focus myself on chasing after cars or Planes or trains or whatever this kid's got—it's just a waste of money. So I gave the order to my attorneys in Boise. Said, "Now nope, let's not do it. Just let it go. It's perpetual. I have time. It's not like a two-year statute of limitations. If I see he hits the lottery, I'll be the first guy in line with my handout." But the bottom line here is, is that we were able to, in this course and scope of the litigation, do a thing called discovery. Now. Everybody loves to see each other in the courts, right? There's Sarah Palin has a big case up in New York City she's going through right now. And everybody loves to say, "Oh, I'm suing you or I'm suing him or doing whatever." And that's all fine and good. That's our constitution. You have the right to sue. But remember when you sue, there's a little thing called discovery. And when you get into discovery, Okay, it's it's a document, it's, it's request for admissions, admonishments, the whole bit. You give it to the other side and they have a choice. They can answer the question or they can say, I'm not answering the question. It doesn't pertain here. It doesn't pertain there. That's all good because one of the lawyer's tricks is, is they'll ask questions that if you don't answer them, it's not admissible in court when you decide you want to answer them because it's going to come up in the case. They can give leadings in in law. And of course, these are signed by both sides, uh, which says uh, they are uh, not made up. And if they are made up, then it's aggravated perjury, and then you go to jail. So it's a a lawyer trap that you go through. So you folks out there that see all these signs on the side of the road, oh, call me. I'm i will get them. uh, you know. Remember when you go into something, they get to get in your backyard. Have you ever had injuries before? Let's see your cell phone. We're going to download your cell phone. Where you? Why are you downloading my cell phone? Well, at the time of the wreck, did you, were you using your cell phone? I mean, it's a dirty, nasty, ugly thing. Okay. Did y'all hear me? It's a dirty, nasty, ugly thing. The legal business because it's not just cut and dry. So in the Dior Coons case, You know, we got some information on both of them, both of them that can be used at a later date. So what I did was I told this little lady sitting in front of me, I said, well, you know, we've talked about it. And she kind of held my hand a little bit. She goes, please, please consider it. So I came back from Idaho and I sat Caroline down and I talked to her and said, what are you, what's your take on this kiddo? What do you think we ought to do? And her answer was just what she just said to you just a minute ago. Repeat it, Caroline.
1: That I can't, um, that I lose sleep over the unfinished things. I guess we can say that we have within our own investigation here.
0: So I made the decision KIC Texas had a pretty good year last year. I made the decision that I would again inject my money in to pay my employees to try to solve this case. But we need the public to come up and have some skin in the game or a benefactor or a family member or somebody. Do I expect a person like Jill Coons to come up with the money? No, not at all. I don't want Jill Coons anywhere near this case. She's proved her loyalties and that's Tavernal. She does no interest whatsoever, whatsoever in Dior Coons, in my opinion. Okay. That's just what I'm telling y'all right here, right now. I do not see her interests in the right place. Uh, Trina Clegg, I have no interest in her being anywhere near the case because she's a suspect as far as I'm concerned, not for the actual act. However, I do believe that she knows more than she's saying. I don't want Jessica Mitchell anywhere around it because Jessica Mitchell is a suspect. Vernal Coons, he's a suspect. I'm telling you all. Um, to update you on the talk in the case, looks like there's going to be a dig, uh, out near uh, the trash area. What is he, what do you call it? The uh, where they go put trash. What is it? Um, uh, uh dump trash dump.
1: Yeah.
0: That is possible when the thaw comes in up there. Uh, we, uh, have been studying that it was down on our list about three or four, but hell, you know, at this point we need to get things off the board. So, you know, we support that a hundred percent. We really do. We think, we think they're, they're thinking, right. Um, who's still involved? The FBI's still involved Bonneville County's still involved in, in Limhi County. And I've talked to all the investigators involved. In fact, I was up in, like I said, in Bonneville and, Everybody says, like we do, we lay in bed at night, stare at the ceiling and think about that baby. And we want to bring that baby home and we want to put the right people in in jail. So that's kind of the update on the Coons case. If you guys want us back involved, somebody needs to stand up and say, I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to get $25,000. I don't, you know, I know how you get that kind of money. They've done it before in five or six, seven, eight of our cases that we've been involved in. And uh, you think that's fair, Caroline?
1: I do. I do. I I know there are people that have showed interest, but again, interest isn't enough. Yep.
0: Interest isn't enough. Now we need the community to act. So if you want us back in, that's the first part of getting us back in. We've got to have travel costs. Uh, and again, I will put in, uh, up to $125,000 of my own money, uh, to pay my employees and we'll let's let's make a run at it. So if you out there in Idaho want this done, I know East Idaho knows, listens to this, spread the word, pick one person and raise our travel costs. And, uh, and, and I want to again say, you know, I know we're going to end this part of the podcast, but, I, uh, I I want you to know, I love you people out there in Idaho. You guys are wonderful. You guys are, what's the words, Caroline? I mean, they're just, they're just great people. I'm even the little lady that checked me in at the hotel in downtown Boise. After I started talking, she just looked at me. She goes, where have I heard your voice before? I said, I don't know. Where have you heard my voice before? And she started giggling. She goes, oh, I know who you are. I said, who am I? And she goes, you're that detective from Texas. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she was very sweet and, you know, did, did little special things uh, for myself and the guys. And she really was special. And and I, I, again, I cannot, I cannot say enough about the people of Idaho. God bless you. God love you. Uh, and, and thank you for, uh, um, for caring not only about the missing, but, for myself and my folks so let's take a quick break right here and then when we come back we got other good stuff we're going to be talking about this year of what's going to happen and uh, we'll get you caught up on on some of the stuff that's gone on it's been an interesting two months my name is philip klein and this is the klein files
1: southeast texas dj and Reynolds is a locally owned business right here in southeast texas Known for custom rentals of benches, chairs, and all of your wedding decor needs, Southeast Texas DJ is here to serve you. From supplying your music to all of the rentals they offer, you can get many services for the right price. Make sure to check out their website at www.southeasttexasdj.com and for a limited time, use the code KIC to get their deal of the month.
0: And welcome back to part two of the Klein Files, one year of podcasting. They say in the podcast world, that's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I mean, we maybe didn't do as many episodes as we had initially intended to in the first year, but we've had 19 episodes. We've had um, over, I mean, quite a few listeners thousands of listeners to be exact. Um, so
0: I saw those stats. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. We wouldn't be here without all of our listeners. So thank you to each one listening today. Um, we hope that, you know, we continue to, um, cover topics that y'all are interested in. Also, I just, before we get into anything else, I want to make note that we do have, um, in the, future upcoming podcasts we have had some people that have called in questions um, and or comments that are left on our voicemail so we will be doing future episodes where we'll play those and then uh, we'll either answer your questions or do it however uh, listen to your comments whatever the case may be so um, we are going to do that and then we will um, have that that'll be kind of how our future episodes go.
0: Right. And now what I want to do is, uh, oh, before I do that, can I thank Market Basket down the street?
1: For what?
0: You haven't seen the front desk? No. They brought in a king cake.
1: Uh-huh.
0: A king cake that I can't eat. but It's that time of year. It's that time of year. Mardi Gras. And so anyway, we want to thank our friends down at Market Basket for dropping uh, or giving us a, uh, a, a king cake. Yum, 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 yum. So, and then we're having crisis in the office. We're out of diet, Dr. Pepper.
1: That so, he shouldn't be drinking either. Well, that happens some days.
0: Yeah. All right. So anyway, um, let's get on to some of the other cases that we're working and, and, and update you on them. The, well, let's talk about the Eaton game case. We did a podcast on this this last year. Eaton was taken to the, um, uh, to the Asian... Uh, a town of Kuala Lumpur, which we have him tracked by, uh, by cameras. Uh, and then they disappeared into Kuala Lumpur. We are still looking for the boy. He's 14 years old now, folks, 14, 15. He's a teenager. He probably has devices. He probably communicates back home. He probably communicates. So what we're saying is, is you folks down in the Lafayette, Louisiana area, our good friends down there, and our good friends with the U.S. Marshal Service in both Lafayette, Dallas. Uh, where else do we have them spun up? California, Washington. All the U.S. Marshals. U.S. Marshals have got this case, and let me tell you what. You, if you've ever met a U.S. Marshal, you're meeting the cream of the cream. Let me tell you some. These guys hunt people down like they hunt deer down, or they hunt. I'm telling you, they are just ruthless. When they're hunting people, this guy has evaded, um, uh, arrest. Michael Blassingame has evaded arrest, uh, on many occasions. They, they, the Interpol, uh, us marshals, everybody's been at one point, what a day behind him. We were like a day behind him. And then yeah. he just poof disappeared. Folks. I'm telling you, it's like either somebody shot him and killed him or, he just or disappeared. I mean, he ahead. just disappeared. I'm telling you, I've never seen a person disappear. Um, EatonBlessingGame.com is the um, uh, website. Um, just, in fact, folks, the best way to do it, and, and of course you'll get all the U.S. Marshals stuff and everything, is go to um, Google and put in Eaton missing Eaton, Eaton missing eaten missing eat, god stop eaten blessing game missing uh and then it'll all come up on one page for you so uh go to google or i don't know if you go, you know uh duckduckgo is another great site there where he he's all over that that's duckduckgo or was it duck duck, duck go yeah that's duck, it go. duckduckgo just google that and then duckduckgo is a search engine we've we've uh like with google duckduckgo uh msn all those we've we've put it front and center um and so i I think that it would be a great case for you to look at yeah we're still on the hunt we'll get him you know his mother and father uh, stupid ridiculous his sister was stupid and ridiculous immature people uh let's talk about the zaharias case the zaharias case is one where i i gotta i gotta be honest with you um it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be the biggest case, missing persons case in maybe the United States history. That's number one right now. Uh, the Lou Zaharias was married, had two children. Uh, she poof disappeared with the help of the Lutheran church over in, was that Virginia, Virginia. Um, and uh, we have been able to track them down in a foreign country. We believe. I'm still in the process of uh, verifying. So, what we're going to do is uh, Lou Zaharias is going to be in the office. Um, 24th. The 24th. All right. And so, I think we may do a special podcast with Lou and uh, talk to Lou about what it's like to be a father where your children are jerked out from underneath you and they go on the run. And they've been successful because they had big money, big money and so uh we're gonna our job is is to put the father and the sister uh, the girl's sister in jail we're going to put them all in jail we're going to put the lutheran church on on notice uh, because uh, they're just as dirty as dirty can be and so uh, we do believe that the two children do not know they have a father or do not who, know who their father is well, or so, been, yeah. been told he's dead most likely that's why we get the that's why we get the book put together um, uh, for those of you that don't listen to us, the book is, is that, uh, the, the non-offending parent, what we usually do is we have them put a book of their life together when they, when their father or mother was young, middle school, when they went to high school, then of course, when they met their spouse and living in a home, just a picture collage that shows the non that shows the children. Uh, you know, Hey, look, they were, you were loved. Uh, he has been alive all this time. And then of course, the last part of the book is what he's been doing in searching for his children and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like it brings them actually what it really does. I'm going to be honest with everybody. I haven't seen one. You tell me if I'm wrong, you're the psychologist right here. It brings them into a psychosis world, the children, the missing children. And it's okay because that's part of the repair. You got to become psychotic and go wait a minute why would my parent do this why would they jerk me away from my father and my mother and it makes them question everything and that brings psychosis in that's why you need strict very put together strict everybody listen to me very put together strict psychological counseling and deprogramming and we do that all the time uh amber graham let's talk about the amber graham case uh you know everybody doesn't hear us talk about it much because when we don't talk about a case much usually that means we're working we're working uh amber graham is still hot to go uh we've developed a couple more um leads in the case uh that have led us to back to the same area again but the problem is there's been so many damn fires in that area that you know we don't it's it's hard to get back in there and of course the drug dealers shoot at you they're planting right now which is good the harvest already happened what november harvest happened in november so and what i mean by that is there's marijuana growing everywhere and so the cartels don't like you up there poking around now we have visited with one of the cartel members and we've told them look we're going to be up here poking around again he said contact him we trust you because you know obviously we're not i mean we're not cops and they know we're not cops we're not undercover guys we're just business okay and, uh, who have I missed, uh, Michael Chambers. Uh, Michael Chambers. Well, first of all, let's talk about Molly Miller. We, we can't, we're not going to say anything about Molly Miller case right now. It's too hot. Uh, we probably, what would you say? Have an announcement springtime springtime we'll probably have an announcement to make on the molly miller case and then uh who else did you say Michael chambers. chamber oh my gosh michael chambers near and dear to my heart that's
1: still very very
0: uh, very active uh, very 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 active uh, i will say i know the media listens to this i will say that we will have a search uh, underway here in the next 35 days um we will not announce where we're searching until we are actually i guess i'll say it in the water uh with our divers and with our sonars and uh mr miller over in houston has agreed to come up and we're going to be working with him so uh we hopefully we'll have an announcement after that uh and going Any, anybody i've missed carolyn
1: um, you know, we've gotten some questions on Joseph Guthier, one of our, mm-hmm. it's an active case local. that we have, local, local case that we have. Um, we haven't really done much about it as far as publicly with an episode. We haven't, it's one that we kind of keep close, close in right now and we work and, um, anyways, we've had a lot of questions come in about that case, where it stands, where we've got are a happening. wacky wife.
0: Why why are you looking at me like that? She's wacky. She's wacky. I mean, she's, she's off the chain. She's a wackadoodle. And I, and, 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 and she, and she says something. And then because she says it, we're all supposed to believe it and not check up on Then We check up on it. It's not true. It's just a wackadoodle case. And so she threw us off there for a while, but we're still on it. Port Arthur police departments, the lead investigatorial agency. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Now, item last that we'll finish up with today, since we made it public. Uh, As you all know, we had a stalker and his attorney that harassed us day to day, in and out, all of the time. You got it? That's what happened. Okay? And this went on for 11 years, Carolyn? 11, almost 12 years way too long way too long know. they sued us five or six times part of the dr coons case uh a vernal coons case up in uh idaho was because uh, these guys uh i think found browning and spun browning up and i i hope he got paid because uh it is what it is uh they um Thomas Retzloff was the stalker you can just google Thomas Retzloff and his website will come up where we put all the information for law enforcement federal state local uh is still up we're going to leave it up for reference points because there are some cases that are still pending that Retzloff was involved in as well as his attorney his name was Jeffrey Durrell well I always have a theory folks, uh, you know, what goes around, comes around. And, uh, what do you guys call it down the hall? Karma, karma. Karma. Yeah. They scream karma. Everybody, (laughs) everybody, everybody screams down the hallway when something comes through and it's karma. Well, one day they were all screaming and karma, karma, karma. And I went, what? And walked down the hallway and said, what's the problem? They said, uh, Jeffrey Darrell is dead. What? said is dead. Oh my God. You can watch on YouTube if you want to. i was I was deposed in uh, a vexatious litigant by the name of, of. no Thomas Retzloff no. by the name of Thomas Retzloff put it up there. That's what they do. They make an accusation. They put it up on in the internet and pretend it's true. I mean, you know it's stalking. Uh, and it's against the law now uh, to do that. But anyway, I, I want to progress. Uh, anyway, your bottom line is, is that Darrell's dead. He died of cancer. Uh, he was doing well. And then six days later he's dead. Uh, and then we got a shocker that just completely floored us all in this office that Thomas Retzloff, uh, is dead um and we want to tell that story because any of you that listen to us down in the arizona way he lived in a town called el mirage arizona and mr retzloff uh apparently made somebody else besides us remember he's a serial stalker he gets paid to do that right stalk you and put stuff up on the internet and it's just take pictures of you while you're eating dinner and you know try to scare you you know he's just he's just a putz every time i got close to him a little scaredy cat but anyway, the bottom line is this. They found Mr. Retzloff uh, with his throat slit ear to ear in his house in El Mirage. He tried to get to the door to open the door, but he couldn't get to the door, and they killed him. Uh, karma. they Karma. And they don't know who killed him. But they do know this, that it is a homicide. I guess you don't cut your own throat ear to ear, right? You don't do that anyway. So, um, the El Mirage police department, thank God for them. They're going to find out what happened, but they think it could have been a, a, a professional hit by one of the Aryan brotherhoods or one of the Aryans, uh, nation, Aryan nation. Uh, he, he, he was messing with some really bad people and he thought he was immune. And that's where the last thing I want to say to y'all today, karma is a bitch. I want all y'all to remember that if you're mean to somebody, if you ne- remember it can always come back around on you twofold. And that's what happened to these two men in a period of six months. It's amazing how they both died so close to each other. And it's just, uh, I mean, we went through 12 years of hell here at KIC Texas with them doing what they've done to us. And, uh, we've come out on the other side, uh, you know, wiser and healthier. So, you know, good for us, bad for them, but, uh, you know, we want you to remember that. So next time you feel like picking up the phone and screaming at somebody or treating them like crap, remember karma's right around the corner. Okay. All right, Caroline, you have anything else you want to add?
1: Um, no, we'll be just, um, hopefully being more regular with our, uh, podcast this year. Yep.
0: And then, uh, Lou Zaharius will be in here on the, what the 24th. 24th. Right. And I'll, I think both of us will do an interview with Lou. And we'll uh, talk to Lou, and we'll get him on air, and uh, let him tell you what it's like from the inside when your children are kidnapped from you, from someone that professed to have loved you and made babies with you. Think about that. Anyway, we hope you guys have a good two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. My name's Philip Klein, and... And I thank you so much for listening to us. You're listening to The Klein Files. Bye.